The Sports Dance. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Sports Dance. My name is Greg, and with me, as always, he's gotten first, second, third. He's winning all the medals. He's doing everything he can for this podcast. It's Paul, everybody. Paul, how you doing? I've been training for five years for this. <laughs> <laughs> doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. You know, had a, had a nice, fun few days in the South Studios with you. Yeah. And then came and then back. I heard when you, you got back to the North Studio, you just kept going and you went to Law Enforcement Day. I went National Night Out. So that was yesterday, August 3rd. It was across the country. You go and get to see fire trucks and police cars. And my child loved it. We made sure we brought extra sanitizer to be safe. <laughs> Very and, nice. Great, uh, great day. I believe uh, I've seen all the pictures and I've seen have. the pictures of them doing the same thing in Jersey. So Exactly. It's, it's, that's what I mean. It's everywhere. So if you got to go to National Night Out, hopefully your young ones enjoyed it like mine did. I'm pretty sure I'm going to get asked about fire trucks and police cars and when can I sit in one next for a few weeks at least. Amazing. For a kid that doesn't pose, he was throwing some poses. Oh, he was throwing some poses. He was having a good time. He was a kid that doesn't like to smile that much, but he was all smiles tonight or last night at the event. Speaking of all smiles, Paul, few Olympians, all smiles over this past week since uh, our last show. We've had a slew of gold medal winners. We are currently in the lead for medals in general at the Olympics. With 73 overall, that's probably increased by the time this has started or you've started listening. Us and China are neck and neck in the medal count. China has the lead in the gold medals, which is really kind of what counts with 32. The U.S. has 24 currently as we record, but they are ahead in silver and bronze. So we're really good at finishing second and third. We're very good at it and we're bringing up the rear. Why not? But we do have some athletes who have very much shined and brought plenty of gold home including in the swimming world with Caleb Dressel, who five gold medals fall. He becomes one of, I think, the third or fourth swimmer in history to do this, along with Michael Phelps and a few others. I forget their names, but Phelps, obviously the most recent, who at least won five gold medals in swimming events. The guy was phenomenal. You know, it's amazing. And you think when you're watching, somebody's catching him. <laughs> They're not catching him. <laughs> no, nobody He's like had. Nobody had a chance. He won the sprint 50 meter, which is the fact that watching that, they don't even breathe. They just go the full length. They don't come up for air, nothing. It's just, all right, I'm under, I'm going. Yep, there you go. And you know what? I, I It's it's pretty exciting to watch those things and you find yourself kind of swimming like along with it. Like, yeah. go, baby, go. <laughs> I never try the breaststroke or any of those when I'm in the pool. And this weekend in the pool, I was like, all right, can I do this? I want to see the backstroke's about the best I could do. Free form, obviously, everybody kind of knows how to do old boot, but backstroke was really the only other one I can master. Everything else, I looked like I was a drowning poodle. I'd probably throw out my back. Just, well, I look like a drowning rat dog, like in the pool trying to figure out how to swim, what doing the breaststroke, especially. The butterfly, it just looks like you're throwing yourself like a fish across the water if you're a regular person. So, how about some of the, how about a 1500 meter race in the pool? Yeah, I mean, Katie Ledecky and Fink, Fink, Fink something. Fink, like, yeah, both on one, the eight hundred and fifteen hundred. I couldn't go fifteen hundred meters in a boat. Well, I uh, probably couldn't go in a boat. If you didn't watch it, all I gotta say is look up the Fink races. His eight hundred meter and fifteen hundred meter 
the kick he has in that final 50 meters, you would think he just started the race. We'd be drowning. We'd be like, <laughs> yeah, he's flying, looking like he's fresh as a daisy in this final lap, and everybody else is like gassed. And he's like, oh, hey, I have another gear, just in case you didn't know. So, a lot of gold medals in the swimming world, of course, a lot of different places. We actually had the first US gold won by where was it? I saw it somewhere. Mensa Stock became the first black u.s woman wrestler to win olympic gold so that's great we have women men all over the place winning first time goals we went over a few last week that were awesome to see Uh, a person that was in the limelight last week for things they weren't doing came back simone biles came back for the beam final she ended up withdrawing from the vault uneven bars and floor exercises but felt confident enough to take on the balance beam She took bronze. She now is tied with seven medals for the most medals by a gymnast, either in Olympic history and U.S. history. Either way, it just, it cements her spot as one of the, if not the greatest gymnast, hands down of all time, despite what anybody wants to think. Because again, lots of talk when she kept withdrawing, as we know. You know what? You, You hit the nail on the head last week. We still feel the same way. Oh, yeah. Well, the thing I just one point to add on to what we said last week and all of that with the fact that she won bronze in balance beam, even with dealing with the twisties and all the stuff outside of that, that people have been saying and talking about, it was by far some of the one of the dumbest comments I saw was people are like, yeah, she just did this all for show. She came back for the final event just as a show. This was all just a thing for her to keep the focus on her. Listen, if you think that's really what she did, you're dumber than you think and dumber than you look and sound because like I said, she won the bronze that gave her her seventh Olympic medal. She tied the record. You're telling me she skipped the four other events to not have a chance to break this record to not legitimately put herself as the number one numero uno gymnast in history with metal count like come on give me a break let it go you will never be half as talented as she is in one pinky and you can't deal with it and you know what she took care of herself so good for her it's amazing and speaking of people that just kept hating so congrats to simone biles for coming back and winning that winning that bronze i gotta say the girls that took her place in the other events all did phenomenal and some won gold, some won silver. So Simone Biles is incredible, but Team USA Gymnastics in general, the females are just all around amazing. Greg, I didn't know this was a thing, but Carissa Moore won a gold medal. And Carissa Moore won a gold medal, but women's surfing. Ooh, there we go. Oh, surfing's new this year, I think. Yeah, well, I had no idea it was an Olympic sport, just like when I was watching three-on-three basketball. Team USA three-on-three. It's just been, I mean, I don't know about anybody else. I thoroughly enjoy watching the Olympics. It's one of those things I can stay up all night watching all the events because it's just fun to bounce around, see all the different things. Even when we were at your house, we kind of were bouncing around between beach volleyball, indoor volleyball, track and field, swimming. Like there was just so many different things. I even when we went to the beach, I had the U.S. basketball game on, which 
you know, as you know, this morning at 4.30 a.m. our time or 12.30 a.m. our time, they took on Spain, easily handled that game 94-81 to advance to the next round of the knockout round, which, Paul, I know I just kind of kind of went right into the basketball part of this. Pretty confident now, I feel like, with Team USA, where they're at, they kind of hit a stride, hit a groove maybe. They're playing confident basketball. They were number one in the world in FIBA rankings. Spain is number two. They, you got to think they got some confidence now. Spain is one of those teams that could easily have taken them out. They didn't let it happen. They didn't let it even be close. I've said it before. God love them if they don't win. They have to go out of their way not to. I, you know, they should. They should finish with a gold and hope they do. Um, it, it, it's a it's a lifetime honor. It is. Uh, there is one team that I am nervous about. Slovenia. Slovenia, known for Slovenian things and apparently <laughs> men's basketball. And uh, well, yeah, because you know who's on their team. Luka, the man, Donjic, who's just completely dominating every single thing right now on the international basketball court. He is putting up huge numbers. Fun fact about Luka, he is 17-0 and with the national team. He has never lost a game playing with Sylvania. Well, let's hope for the first. By the way, could not tell you one other person on Slovenia. Like, I know a few people on Spain and France and these other teams. Luca, that I think the whole team actually is need. Luca. <laughs> well, somebody's got to take him out. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, if the U.S. and the – if they face it. I don't know if they face each other in the semifinals or if it would have to be in the finals, but yeah, really it's like double team Luca and just pray the rest of the guys have an off night shooting. Yeah, there you go. Granted, most of the guys on team USA have faced Luca, so we sh- should be able to contain them compared to maybe other countries, but <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, so I f- found myself watching even the Olympics. One at the beach the other day. The other day I was at the beach. US, USA baseball was on, facing Japan live. They blew that game, but they're not out of it. They get to face the Dominican Republic. I actually believe the game is was last night, so Tuesday night. I don't know if they won or lost. Hopefully they won. But if they beat the Dominican, they go on to face whoever loses the Korea South Korea Japan game. And then if they win that, they make it to the finals. So we'll see what happens there. Funny brackets in the Olympics and it funny is. rules. Hey, I wait was a minute. Like, I think I wanna I want I wanna protest that call. And then I wanna protest the protest. I, I think I, I, I what the heck? Yeah, so that was a weird thing that you and I got to witness. And I don't know if anybody else actually saw this. Women's beach volleyball. I've never seen this, Paul. So like you just said, it kind of explained what happened there. Or the what challenge, we, right? Yeah, the challenge. That the U.S. challenged the ball if it was in or out. And the ref said it was in, right? Yeah, and then they showed the slow-mo and everybody's agreeing. Then there's the challenge of the challenge. Yeah, which I don't – I don't. how is that allowed? How is it a thing? I don't know. Was, was Canada slipping some money into the pockets? Because that's who the U.S. was facing in that one. And yeah, it was a weird moment of mass confusion because they challenged the point. They said it was in. That should be kind of where it ends. 
Canada then said, can we challenge the challenge of the overturn call? And they were like, okay. And then they changed it back. And then the U.S., I think, definitely got kind of frustrated and showed and kind of blew their chance. No. But what are you going to do? That was definitely a weird moment. And then speaking of the U.S. versus Canada, the U.S. women's team, heavy favorites every time they step onto the field, lost to Canada in the soccer side of things for the first time in 20 years. one nothing. It was a penalty kick that sealed the deal for Canada in like the 75th minute. Paul, what do you, how, do you, how do you feel about the U.S. women's national team with all the history of them, everything that, you know, they're very much forward about. They want equal pay. They're very forward about the fact that they stand up for a lot of different rights. You know, they are willing, Megan Rapino is willing to take a knee during the national anthem. Like, what are your thoughts on them? Because there are a lot of negative ones out there. Hey, you can't take away the history. The history is they win. This year, they don't. They're vocal. They get to be. They have a stage. We gave it to them. And when I say we, the world has given them a stage. You know, if you don't want to listen to them, turn off your TV, turn off your radio. But everybody gets to have a voice. I have no problem with that. Um, Hey, they lost. What are you going to do about it? Not a damn thing. It is. That's true. We gave them that stage. And listen, there is something about our country that is an amazing thing that not every country has. And that is really just true freedom of speech. You can say basically whatever you want and show people that are like, yeah, but people fought for that right. Yeah, exactly. They fought for the right for you to say all the dumbass things you want to say. So they can go out there and say everything they want to say, whether you like it or not, they are allowed to say it. That country's sent home because they said that. Exactly. There are people that are looking for humanitarian visas from other countries to be safe at even these Olympic games. How, uh, how (laughs) we can't fathom that, right? We take so many things for granted. You can't fathom that. I need to be safe and I need a visa and I need, I need to get out of not go home. And guess what? They've already been disappearing into the streets. <laughs> yep. Happens all the time. Yep. So yeah, the U S women's is it disappointing that they didn't win the gold. Obviously you want every single person in your country to have the success that you want for them at the Olympics. Cause you want to be the best country and all that. The thing I don't get is I've never understood this aspect of it. All these different people who are very much against the U.S. women's national team because they are, you know, woke and all these different things that they want to say about them, but because basically they stand up for what they believe in. They don't like them for that. And so when they lose, they're like, yes, I'm so glad the U.S. lost. I'm so glad that Canada is winning and all these things. And it makes me go, wait, so you're a page, you claim you're a patriot, you claim you're Arara USA, you want the best for our country. We lose and you're happy? No, that's not how it works. You can be happy that an individual on that team does not have the success you hope for them. The team as a whole, you want them to succeed. If you're that mad at one individual on that team, you need to get a life. They don't know who you are. They don't care who you are. They never will. Like, take your I man, hear me roar, because no offense, Paul, to us men, it tends to be us that are the ones that have an issue with the most. (laughs) 
We want to take, we need to take our balls and go home. <laughs> I think, um, not us specifically, but you know what I mean? I, I get you. And, and, and I think that there are so many, I don't know. You watch the Olympics and you think, dear God, that person doesn't have an ounce of body fat. And they're going to run that race. And I said it when we were watching some of the, the, the I guess, the athletic races, right? Not, well, track and field. Yes, it's the athletic race. Athletic races. And they could balance a champagne glass of champagne on their head and not spill a drop. They run a thousand miles an hour and their head is dead straight. Their shoulders are dead straight. They just rock. And how do you not appreciate the athleticism of these folks um, and, and the training they put into it? And and the outcome. Um, gold medal in fencing, Lee Kiefer, a keeper. Um, um, yeah, some of the names I'm not quite sure, so I just do my best. Um, air rifle. Oh, <laughs> and weird. Skeet, both men and women skeet shooting. Um, yeah, I saw we had like a shoot off for one of the medals. Um, I will say also the Olympic spirit is strong and well this year, not just with Team USA with things they do, but for people that didn't see in the high jump, the high jump went with two guys, one Italy, one Italy and one from Qatar. And they had not missed any of their jumps. They were jumping, I think it was seven feet, nine and a half inches, something like that. Both clearing, not missing. They were given the decision to either have a jump off or they could both be gold medalist. They looked at each other and basically said, yeah, we'll take the gold medals. So you see like even the Olympic spirit there with guys are like, why even try to decide between the two of us? We've both been phenomenal. Like, let's both just be winners. Which was very cool. The Italian guy I thought was going to bowl the guitar guy over with how much he was hugging him and jumping up and down. <laughs> then moments later was the men's 100-meter dash where uh, I forget what his name from Italy won it. Fun fact about him, he was born in Texas as an infant, though, he moved to Italy. So, you know, we'll, we'll give it the fact that, you know, he only he has a little bit of American blood in him. But he's basically Italian. Like, he's like 99%. So, I guess I guess he's full on. It's okay. U.S. only had a small smidge to do with it. <laughs> but right out of that, he won. Literally ran into the high jumper's arms because he was there waiting for him while he was celebrating his gold. So, they got to have the two Italian guys running around. They're also both very happy because I saw if you win a gold for Italy, you're making like 250K. That's nice. Yeah. I think the U.S. is like 50,000 per gold medal. So Caleb Dressel by himself got himself $250,000, but he had to kind of work for it. <laughs> he had to win every event. <laughs> he really had to put in the effort there. So besides that, the other event, the only other one I want to talk about for the Olympics that at least we watched or I watched that a lot of people don't probably understand the significance of what happened in this race. The 400 meter hurdles was one with a world record of 45.97 seconds. It was something crazy like that. And it was between Rye Benjamin and Karsten Warhol from Norway. He ran a world record of 45.94 seconds. To put that in perspective, the former world record before Warhol broke it a month ago was 46.87. He essentially ran a second faster than the previous world record before he broke it. 
because I think he broke it up and it was like 46.64. But he basically ran almost a full second faster in this race. But it was the first time ever, obviously, that 400 meter hurdles broke 46 seconds. The announcers were stunned. They, you would thought they were people on Christmas day opening their gifts because they were like, we have just witnessed something that we thought would never be done. And I've grown up, I've watched track since I was a kid and my brother ran track. I did track, not the running part. I did the shot put and discus part. If you ever saw me, you would understand why. But <laughs> 45 seconds running around a track while jumping hurdles is phenomenal. It's such as when the mile was broken for four minutes for the first time. Nobody thought it would ever happen, and then it finally did. And it's just amazing to think a person can run that fast doing the event that they're doing. Because again, the world record, I'm going to quickly look it up, the 400 world record for a sprint is, let's see, 43.03 seconds. So to put it in perspective, he ran... 2.9 seconds slower than that while jumping over hurdles. <laughs> I've always been afraid of hurdles. They're like, terrifying. Of my face. I, it's, it's, it's just, I don't get it. There's a high probability it happens <laughs> for <laughs> us. Actually, I think you actually had one. This is the last thing we will talk about for the Olympics. Didn't you have a really good idea to show just how hard Olympic sports are and how just talented athletes are compared to the average person. Was this the, you get to be in the lottery and we pick you and drag you over there and you have to compete? Yeah, kind of. Didn't you say they should have like an average person, like an everyday, like gymnast and swimmer do the event in like the far lane or yeah, something lane. like that, where you get to see lane. how they finish. <laughs> lane 10A and in lane 10A or <laughs> the high board. Or Joe Blow, who's pretty good, and you watch how how well they fare. Yeah, I think like, so. I think it should just be. It's kind of like when you're, um, I don't know, you 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 trying to get a size kind of thing. So you if you're selling a, a I don't know a ring, you put something next to it or a jewel or something. I don't know, but I think you ought to put a mediocre athlete in, in lane 10a it would be kind of funny when you think about it for different things like swimming and gymnastics it's like no all right limbo under the under the yeah hurdle yeah. it's like all right so simone biles just competed she just did like a quadruple jump off the board all right and now we have Anne. Anne is from minnesota she likes to snorkel in her vacation time Anne has done the vault once in her life and good luck this is like the person running, hits the board, hits it, and dies. And you're like, oh, well, I guess, well, Simone Biles, I guess, is kind of good. You're right. Well, anyway, and not for all sports, but, you know, clearly basketball. Water polo you couldn't do because everybody would drown. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Water polo. I don't get water polo. You have to be able to tread water. This guy ain't playing water polo. <laughs> nope. Well, that's, that's why I think it's so interesting to go bounce around through all these different sports because you just kind of get to see. It's just interesting in general of how all the Olympic sports go and come together and 
just how talented some of these people are. Then you kind of see some eventually like, how, how did, did, did they qualify? I have to know. <laughs> Interesting. So it's just, again, the Olympics, we'll talk about it again next week because it'll be closing out and all done. We'll know more of who won gold, final counts and all that. But just kind of to recap, some of the moments we've liked in general, and congrats again to all the different people we've mentioned. It's just, it really is just a fun thing. I know it happens every only few years, but it's just fun to watch. And you got to appreciate the talent. That's What's crazy is, Paul, in seven months' time, we'll have the Winter Olympics to talk about. They'll be starting up. There you go. So closest Olympics have definitely ever been to each other. <laughs> And three years after that, we'll have the Winter Olympics. The Winter Olympics. Summer Olympics Olympics again, exactly. So that is fun and interesting. That's our Olympic coverage. Before we move on to some, we're going to quickly recap the MLB trade deadline. We're not going to go into it too much because we're going to talk about some NBA free agency and then a little scuffle that happened in New York. Oh, boy. But. Oh, boy. Before we get to that, we're going to take a quick word to hear from my bookie. Play ball. My bookie is the place you want to be for all your gambling needs. Make sure you go to mybookie.ag and use promo code 12OUNCESPORTS. That's 120ZSPORTS. If you're looking to get started, my bookie is for you. You can bet on baseball, hockey, basketball, NFL, which is coming up very soon. Training camps are starting and so much more. And when you do, they will match your first deposit up to $1,000. That's right, you heard me. You put in $1,000, they will match it right back when you use promo code 12OUNCESPORTS. That's 12OZSPORTS at mybookie.ag. Always remember, gamble responsibly. Play ball. All right, Paul, so like I said, always remember to gamble responsibly. And speaking of taking some gambles, teams at the trade deadline. Some teams gambled big, some teams gambled by not doing really anything at all. So we're just going to talk about a few moves that I thought were kind of interesting and also head scratching for the fact that I just don't know how they do it. And we're going to start with the Dodgers because honestly, how the hell do the Dodgers have all the money in the world and apparently every single prospect in the world available to them every single year that people want. So as we know, Dodgers have made plenty of trades over the years. They've gotten guys like Mookie Betts in deals. This offseason, they signed Trevor Bauer, which right now, not a great signing because of the whole abuse of the situation going on with him not even playing. And But plenty of others. They have a huge profile team where they just have guys of talent up the wazoo that they've signed long-term, short-term. It's just incredible. I don't know how they do it, but they made another move at the trade deadline Max Scherzer was all over the board. You heard teams like the Red Sox, the Yankees, the Padres. You heard about the Dodgers kind of being involved. But it sounded like for a while there, the Padres were the team to beat. And then like an hour after it said the Padres are close, swooping news of Max Scherzer is going to be going to the Dodgers. And not only will he, but star shortstop from the Nationals, Trey Turner as well will be a part of the deal for four prospects in return. And you just go, WTF? Like, how? Deep pockets, baby, deep pockets. Yeah, deep pockets is right. The Dodgers will have a record salary of $280 million for team payroll. Do you want to know who held the previous record? Uh, 
did it rain, rhyme with Spankies? Nope, it was still the Dodgers, only like two oh. years ago with $274 million. <laughs> well, they said, hey, you know what? Let's beat a record. Okay. It was just, I don't, I don't know how they do it. It drives me nuts. I, it shouldn't drive me nuts because, you know, I guess congrats to them. But it was just, I don't. I don't think anybody on the whole roster can be comfortable. <laughs> do they do they need these guys? Like Trey Turner got traded, and basically <laughs> the question was, all right, so who gets benched? <laughs> right. Because you're not Somebody... benching, you're not benching Mookie Betts, you're not benching Turner or Max Muncie or Chris Taylor, who was just an all-star this year. You got Corey Seeger, Will Smith, you got Cody, Cody Bellinger. Uh, and I know I'm missing somebody that I can't think of for some reason off the top of my head. Oh, Maybe AJ Pollock. A couple of new positions, or a yeah. couple of somebody well, is going to be playing some new positions. That exactly what happened. Mookie Betts, who came up through the Red Sox minors as a second baseman, and then they kind of played him out in the outfield to see how that would work because of Pedroia being, you know, obviously at second base for the Red Sox for a long time. He was at second base this past weekend for a game. Like, it's just hey, you know what ridiculous 400 and how many million dollars <laughs> yeah i mean play me wherever the hell you want to raise the flag and wear his hat backwards and watch the game i don't know jeez well, exactly i feel like just yeah put me wherever the hell you want if you're paying me all that money i just i guess it's just frustration of the oh, fact man. that the red Sox, which we will get to next didn't do much they didn't get Scherzer. They didn't get Kyle Gibson. They didn't get uh, Jose Barrios. They didn't get any starting pitcher. And I get it. Chris Sale is right around the corner coming back. But outside of him and kind of maybe Evaldi, their starting pitching is not something that I am confident in. They added like random relief pitchers who are automatically the two worst relief pitchers in our bullpen. But they did add one piece. And I'm assuming the piece is going to take over at first base, assuming that he is comfortable enough there. And that is Kyle Schwarber. The Schwarber bombs are coming to Fenway. <laughs> and everybody in baseball has a nickname. They do. His name, he hits a home run. It's a Schwarber bomb. That's just what it is. That is coined from, I think, Big Cat from Barstool Sports because he was one of a, many Cubs players. He wasn't on the Cubs this year, he was on the Nationals. But as we know, the Cubs basically decimated their whole team, which we'll sale. talk about in a second. But the Nationals and the Cubs both just sold off like crazy. And the funny thing is they played each other during the trade deadline. And literally, I think it was the Cubs or Nationals put out a tweet saying, if you're coming to the game tonight, please, please bring a glove. You may be needed to play. <laughs> bring a glove. And if you have a jersey, bring it. Yeah. Like it was crazy the amount of guys. I think I saw in total it was like 23 players that were all starters in the major leagues were traded between the two in the time frame of like a few days of the trade deadline. I don't know how you do that, but so Schwarber got traded to the Red Sox. He will obviously add pop with his bat when he comes back because he has a hamstring injury at the moment. The goal is for him to play first base. Paul, did you like that move at least? It wasn't probably what red sox fans were hoping for we want it pitching but another bat that can hit home runs is not bad um yeah as a very wise 
um, announcer used to say, you got to hit home runs to win baseball games. You can have the best pitching in the world. If you can't get the ball over the fence, you're not winning. So um, they need the bat and Mr. Wonderful first baseman that they, he needs some time because he's not having a great year. Yeah. So we'll see. Dahlbeck, I think, can be a decent player, but right now he's not what this team needs. They are sitting a game behind Tampa Bay. Luckily, the Yankees are still. So that's always positive. But like I said, other moves that were made were Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, and Javi Baez, along with Craig Kimbrell, were all traded from the Cubs at the deadline. Three of those guys, part of the 2016 World Series championship team that broke the curse. Lucky for them that they, you know, broke that curse together. But Rizzo goes to the Yankees, Baez to the Mets, and Chris Bryant to the Giants. Fun fact, Paul. All three of them in their first games with their new teams hit a home run. So, of course, then the joke became, wow. If Imagine having these three guys on the same team. They would be phenomenal. Oh, my God. They were. <laughs> oh, very sad. It is. Cubs fans were very sad. The saddest thing was definitely uh, at the Nationals games, there was kids wearing Cubs jerseys at the bottom, like trying to get players' attentions. And it was a kid in a Rizzo, a Baez, and a Bryant jersey all standing with each other. And somebody was like, oh, who's going who's gonna to tell them? <laughs> so, But trade deadline, lots happened. I mean, a lot happened, but it was really actually more than normal and more bigger names than normal. And even like in MLB insider trading people, all that were like, this is maybe like the best trading deadline we've ever seen with just how much movement there was of very known names. So very interesting. The Cubs basically burned it all down. So did the nationals, the Mets got bias, but that was about it, which people I think expected more from them. We expect more from the Red Sox, but in Chame, Bloom, Red Sox Nation believes. But moving on from that, Paul, NF, not NFL, NBA free agency started. Yes. Lots happening there. A lot of deals being made. A lot of guys on the move. Obviously, the big was on draft night last week was the first major domino to fall. Russell Westbrook. It won't be official until August sixth or 16th something like that russell westbrook will be traded from the washington wizards to the la lakers what do you think about the new big three of anthony davis lebron james and russell westbrook at least as the big three in la because there's other pieces that we're going to talk about but that is the big three um that's a big three and it's going to be uh padded a little bit on top of that i think it's a great big three um LeBron James has uh, a right arm and a left arm now, and and I think a, a third appendage coming. Meaning, okay. <laughs> meaning, um, meaning what? He has another appendage coming. All right, go get out of the gutter. Congrats, LeBron, on the third leg. My goodness. Hey, uh, so I guess I can bring it up. Um, a good friend of his. Yeah, one of the banana boat buddies. On the Olympic teams, and now Carmelo Anthony wants a ring. Carmelo Anthony does want a ring. We have entered, you can definitely tell when you have reached certain points of players' careers where they are ring chasing. 
there's a few players on the Lakers that are definitely ring chasing. They're an old team. Uh, so first with the Russell Westbrook stuff, it's a huge deal. The Lakers get rid of Kyle Kuzma. Uh, Laker fans are thrilled about that because he was the key piece that they were refusing to trade over these years. They got rid of Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, who both turned out to be pretty decent players compared to Kuzma. And they got rid of a few other guys, KCP and Harrell for Westbrook. Westbrook is 32. People are concerned about how this is going to work with LeBron and him both being trying to be main ball handlers, which my thought is LeBron is 36. He is not, he can still be a locomotive down the middle of the lane, kick out, dish out type guy. He's going to leave that up to Westbrook. Westbrook, as we know, is a triple double machine. He will be high energy, which is exactly what the Lakers are going to need. LeBron is going to be fine taking kind of like a side seat to a guy that can kick it out to him for mid range and three point jumpers and not having to be the guy that has to just drive down the lane and get hacked all the time. I think uh, they are, again, we talked about it all season this year. You got to stay healthy, but can anybody beat that machine? Can anybody beat that machine? Now, for a couple of years. The Nets. Pretty soon, you know, you won't know whose locker is whose because all the dad jeans will be hanging up and you know, <laughs> the old men watching the locker room say, dear Lord. <laughs> I did hear, I did hear after all the recent Lakers signings that their games have all been scheduled at 1 p.m., no later, because they all need to make the Bluebird specials at yes. their favorite restaurants. And, and get bed to bed. By 6.30. Exactly. So, <laughs> because... Where most teams try to go for that youth movement and, you know, have a balance, some old veterans and some, you know, younger guys. Lakers are all about that old man's, that old man vibe where they are going to have five guys who are 36 years old by December 8th when Dwight Howard, who came back from a year with the Sixers, and he will be 36 along with LeBron. Carmelo Anthony was 37. Trevor Ariza. Uh, Marcus all then you have Wayne Ellington who's 33 I believe Russ who's 32 and I mean they've definitely added some young pieces like Kendrick Nunn they have Anthony Davis who's still fairly young but it's just it's going to be interesting the Westbrook trade made teams go people go it's not a super team nobody wins with Russ so of course if they do win it's going to be LeBron needed a super team to win what everybody's hoping is a Nets-Lakers final at this point because it'd be LeBron, Russ, and AD versus KD, Kyrie, and Harden. And the whole storyline would be that Russ couldn't win with Harden. He couldn't win with KD. If he can win it with LeBron, that would change a whole – that would be a whole new narrative for everybody. <laughs> so that's what kicked off NBA – draft free agency all of that nba uh, free agency started we've had some big moves paul the first domino that dropped kind of was kyle lowry longtime raptor he did a sign and trade with them to join the miami heat with jimmy butler duncan robinson bam Adebayo. it's weird to think that he's going to be in a uniform that's not toronto's but do you think this makes the Heat a legitimate top four team in the East that can challenge the Bucks and a Sixers team if they can figure things out? I think it does. I I I I, I think it does. I think he's a a real deal. I 
you know, three years, 90 million bucks, play his heart out. I mean, it's nothing compared to what Chris Paul got from Phoenix, which is four years and 120 million. <laughs> uh, when he's done with that contract, he'll have made $446 million or something like that I saw in career earnings. Another interesting thing about that Chris Paul deal, by the way, he's 36 as well. You're not supposed to be allowed to sign players to long-term deals once they hit 38. It's like an NBA rule or something like that. So apparently there was some way of getting around that workaround because obviously four-year deal, he'll be 38 for a few of those. So it'll be interesting to see how that ends up working out because basically I think what Phoenix is doing is gambling on the fact that maybe they'll get two more prime years out of Chris Paul and then they'll just deal with him being kind of on the downward trend those final two years, but hopefully maybe getting that NBA Finals championship, which I don't really know. Lakers are stacking up. Other teams are going to be healthy. Phoenix kind of got a few breaks going into the finals of teams they faced. So we'll see how that goes. But other big deals, there was rumors, obviously, that DeMar DeRozan was going to take a pay cut to join the Lakers, his hometown team that he grew up loving. He did not. He went to Chicago, which Chicago is stocking up because who else did they get, Paul? Uh, Lonzo Ball. That's right. They got Lonzo Ball. So what do you think about Lonzo Ball, DeMar DeRozan, and Zach Levine teaming up in Chi-Town? Just gut feeling. Do we think – now, here's the thing. They haven't made the playoffs in a few years or since – I want to say a few years. Do we think Chicago has any chance to be in the playoffs and make any noise? If they don't have a chance, this will be the chance. Um, this is if everybody on that team stays healthy. Yeah, they could. Are they going far? No. No. You don't think they'll be unbelievable? Uh, they have, but I'm bummed. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was going to be surprised, honestly, if DeMar DeRozan took the huge pay cut to join the Lakers, then I would have been like, all right, this is getting kind of ridiculous. But he ended up taking the money. He goes to a team that probably doesn't really have a chance at an NBA title. So we'll see how that plays out with his career. Besides that move, the other significant move, I have to remember off the top of my head, because I put my notes somewhere. I don't remember where. Let's see if I can quickly look it up. I have my notes somewhere. That would be the fact that, oh no, Carmelo Anthony was the other one. So yeah. I was gonna say, we already talked about that. So those are the big moves. We had some other smaller moves like Bobby Portis stayed with the Bucks. He took a pay cut. Other like second level guys going to teams, going for the paychecks, going for big money. Doug McDermott leaves the Pacers to go to the Spurs for $32 million. So all those moves will be moves that make some noise, but the big waves came from the moves made by the Lakers. I haven't seen much from the Nets. Steph Curry signed his extension with the Warriors for $215 million over four years. Say no. He's totally fine. Must be. I wish I could shoot three pointers from midcourt. Right. It would be so nice. <laughs> but if uh, I pick, I'm going to be an Olympic. <laughs> you wanted to be a distance swimmer. <laughs> oh, it's okay. I didn't even pick Olympic basketball athlete. So 
basketball athlete, basketball player. Wow. We, we definitely don't deserve to be Olympic athletes at this point, but so plenty of other moves have been made in NBA free agency. It's always just kind of crazy. The money that gets tossed around to certain people and kind of, I don't think they ever live up to the hype, but the rust trade was definitely the big move. Steph staying put Kyle Lowry with the heat, another big move. So we'll see what happens there. We are going to take a quick break, Paul. One last thing to get to. First, though, we got to hear from Zingo TV. Play ball. Zingo TV is the place you want to be for all 12 on sports content. Catch out, catch all the live shows every single day, streaming there on channel 761 Zingo TV. That's Z-I-N-G-O TV online. It's free, but when you sign up, use promo code 12ounce to let them know what you heard about Zingo TV helps you helps us helps everybody zingo tv the place for all 12 on sports content and so much more go check it out today play ball all right paul the last thing to talk about is the fact that training camp has started in the nfl pads day for the first day for a lot of teams one team got a little hot under the collar i think they got more than a little hot under the collar it's one of your favorite teams, Paul. Want to take a guess who? It, would it be the New Jersey Giants? It would be the New Jersey Giants. That is right. Because, you know, the New Jersey Jets had their own issues with not signing their number two overall pick, Zach Wilson, until like the day after training camp started because they already knew how much they had to pay him, but they didn't want to put certain wording in the contract for him. Idiots. Anyway, the New Jersey Giants got off to a great start. By having an all-out brawl as a team. What, what better bench, way to bond? Bench clearing. <laughs> bench clearing. Tell, tell me a better team bonding activity. Hey, listen, some teams walk on two-by-sixes and for a bonding activity, and some people play fun games. The New Jersey Giants beat the living snot out of each other. And by the way, who's on the bottom of the pig pile? Daniel Jones. Jesus. Oh, yeah. Nothing like saying, hey, do we want to win this season? What happened to our starting quarterback? Um, we got in a fight and he joined in and we we pushed him to the bottom of the pile. <laughs> so apparently what happened is Evan Ingram, the tight end, got uh, it started when tight end Evan Ingram retaliated after a late hit to running back Corey Clement safety logan ryan then came and leveled ingram from behind the rest of the team including jones then jumped into the melee which drew obviously immediate ire from the coaching staff then as the fight was going on one of the offensive linemen kenny wiggins walked over to the pile found jones in the pile and pulled him out and like carried him off to get him to safety and well hey okay so how many players are on the squad? There was one that had a brain in his head. Well, just imagine like you're Jones and all of a sudden he was like, wait, what? What's what who's who's got me? Where where am I? And you're just like getting walked away like a doll. So that happened when he asked, was asked about why he jumped into the brawl. Jones simply responded with, I'm part of the team. <laughs> <laughs> you know. That goes to with the whole team. Even know how you respond. So who'd you decide who to punch? It could be anybody on the team. 
If I'm the coach, I'm like, all right, Daniel, if the whole team jumped off the bridge, would you? I'm part of the team, coach. coach I'm, I'm, going. I'm, I'm jumping. I'm going. What bridge are we talking about? Doesn't matter. I'm jumping. Unreal. Unreal. You know, that is classic. Classic. That's a young, still young quarterback who's trying to make sure his team knows he's there for them and is not going to shy away and try to get special treatment and all that and doesn't think about the consequences. So uh, trust me. Tom Brady, I, I, Aaron Rodgers. Listen, I only hear this, Greg, but some quarterbacks are leaders and might try to break it up. Just saying. That's that's also very true. Some, some might say, hey, maybe we shouldn't do this. But plenty, I would assume, like a Rodgers and Brady, guys that have been around the block a few times, probably see the fight and don't go, I need to get in there. I'm part of the team. They probably go, I'm too old for this. And, well, everybody else could get hurt, but if I get hurt, we're really screwed. Well. Granted. Daniel Jones is no Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. So if he gets hurt, he yep. did fall down. He tackled himself last year when he had a breakaway run against the Eagles. That would have been a touchdown. And he tripped himself up at the 10. <laughs> so is Daniel Jones, like, you know, really the key to success in New York? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, the team that beats themselves up together loses together. I don't know. I don't know either. So obviously plenty happened. Clement, who was the reason the fight started because Ingram was defending him, said about Jones joining it, saying, hey, golly, I love it. At the same time, we don't want to get our quarterback hurt. Pretty sure Daniel knows that as well. I hope he thinks twice before jumping back in there again. Yeah, no, S-H-I-T. Unreal. That's just one of those stories you hear and you say, I'm not shocked. No, I, I guess if there's a team that's going to happen to you, you probably can think of a few. We just think the Giants because both of us despise the Giants, but you know, it's come on. Like, what are you doing? I get it. You're in pads. There's a lot of pent up aggression. You're ready to hit somebody. Don't hit your teammates from behind. Don't get in fights. Just you're already going to get hurt probably in the season. Right. Let's let, let's not do all the damage ahead of time. So that was the last, that was the only other thing I want to touch on. The only other thing I can think of, Paul, which is something I learned about today. And just to show you how awful the owners of the Buffalo Bills are, because they also own the Buffalo Sabres. They are looking to try to pawn off. This is kind of a, well, this is awkward moment. They are trying to get the city of Buffalo to pay for a brand new stadium, plus some renovations to the hockey rink. They want $1.4 billion all paid by the taxpayer of Buffalo to build the stadium. They will not help in any single way. Meanwhile, the owner is a billionaire. So. And by the way, the threat that he is making is we will take the team to Austin, Texas. Do you want to know what makes it awkward? What? Committee members on the board in Austin, Texas, of like people that would have to approve like a stadium and everything, when questioned about this, said, No idea what you're talking about. Nobody has approached us. <laughs> so, this is a full on bluff that is being made in and the worst way. A billionaire bluff. 
that just ha- literally has no legs to stand on. Not a third appendage like LeBron. know what i meant (laughs) i did i i did you said he had a third leg i got it to take the opportunity and capitalize i got what you meant so but yes so just imagine you're a billionaire trying to hold a football team that is beloved by the city you play in that means everything to this town trying to get all the money from them as possible because you're a billionaire that doesn't want to spend a dime I don't know. I th- it, listen, every owner. I feel like you usually have strong opinions about this. So that's why I figured I would give you the floor. Quiet, but you're a billionaire. Um, get over yourself. Fork over the money. They'll do something. They'll come to an agreement of some nonsense. Road improvements. I don't know. <laughs> Jack's breaks. That's I will all give you guys doing. two nickels. Does that make it better? <laughs> He's looking for tax breaks. That's all there is. Well, I don't get it. At this point, if you have that much money, if you want a new stadium, you either have to pay half of it or most of it, I feel like, in a lot of situations. I feel I don't think that – I think the days of taxpayers paying for the new stadiums is over. It is way too much money now with what everything needs to get put into a stadium to make it the cool new stadium. It's not like a Fenway Park that is – Tale as old as time that is old, junky, beloved because it's a history, but girl needs a fix air up every single year. <laughs> but if you built a ballpark like that, it wouldn't be much money because there's not a lot of bells and whistles. Football stadiums want all the bells and whistles. I remember when somebody was going to move a team to Connecticut, except nobody in Connecticut wanted to watch. But anyway. Exactly. It, 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 it's but there were there were some agreements made and some tax breaks so also in austin texas they don't need more football they have it's dallas cowboys and basically that's the team for texas you have the houston texans you don't need another team in dallas not only that in austin the university of texas plays there that's all they need they don't need another football attraction right so I, you know, it's funny they called out his bluff. <laughs> well, it's just is. funny that somebody was like, hey, have you guys actually heard about this in Austin? They were like, no. Jesus. Not one thing. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what we'll end it on with the football note. Paul, any parting words before we wrap things up? Let's um, appreciate the athletes in the Olympics for who they are and the talent they have. And... God love them for getting over there and, and, and winning and participating. That's a great thing. And while you're watching, if you're not at home, be safe. <laughs> you know, Paul, I'm going to let that be the last words because I couldn't say it better myself. Thanks, everybody, again for tuning in. And like always, like and subscribe to the podcast, the show, and all things 12 on Sports. Thanks again to 12 on Sports again, always for the opportunity. Go check out all the great shows on the network. We will see you all next week where hopefully we can say the U.S. won plenty more gold and the national anthem was played a bunch more times. See you next week. Stay safe, stay healthy, have a good one. The Sports Dance.